Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. Hey, I'm here talking, having, having a ball talking with Bill Richter, and we're talking about life. We're talking about winning and his lessons on winning and being successful in uh, the tech world, the big, uh, you know, data storage, but it's a company, you know, you got a service and all of these things fall into a pattern. And so Bill, thanks for taking the time and sharing, uh, uh, giving us some insight behind the scene in the big, weird tech uh, business, you know. <laughs> it's great to be here, Larry. Thanks for having me. Now, you said something early on, and I, I want to make a statement. I don't know if this is absolutely true, but it's kind of true. And that is, you could, you could really say the tech business is the people business. You know, to win in the tech business, and pretty much you need to, those of you all thinking about building a company and getting big, sure, you're going to start with a unique skill set, and you're going to have a, a niche that you work to and services you, you know, like Elon Musk, you know, uh, high tech, you know, spaceships and electrical cars, but basically uh, he's got to have people doing that for him. And Elon Musk is in the people business. Jeff Bezos is in the people business and Bill Richter's in the people business. And you know how I know that? Because he told me right off the bat when they went out there to, to raise that $300 million, he said, most of that goes for talent. And so it's one thing to get the talent but it's another thing to get the talent excited and productive and then to get to set the talent to stay with you, you know, because they're having fun, they're accomplishing things. And all of that relates up to the leader, you know, the, the enthusiasm, like, you know, you say uh, data is electricity, the new electricity, but in leadership, the electricity flows from the top. And uh, uh, so talk about being, about talent being, what you've learned about, uh, people skills and the people working with talent uh, and how important that is and kind of expand on that. Because uh, uh, I don't think people really, when they get into a business, they're thinking about all the technical stuff. You know, like I've talked to people that uh, they come up with a new food product, you know, this, you know, a new snack or a new take vegetables and, you know, like veggie burgers and stuff like that. And it's, it's a lot of technical things and FDA approvals and stuff like that. But comes down to if you're going to be big, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be working with the people that are doing that, you know? And so you got to treat people right. You've got to be able to enjoy being around people. You know, the thing that you talked about how, what on your past thing, you talked about how you got from out of your wife's, you know, reorganizing her spice cabinet, how you got into venture capitalists. It's just like, by talking to people and being curious about what they're doing, you know, me, and I've always believed, I heard this a long time ago, when people, when people talk, magic can happen. But if you're not talking, magic can't happen. But if you're talking with, especially if you're motiv talking with motivated gung-ho people, and you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, interesting things, the sparks can fly. And that's how you really got sucked into this whole new way of life. When you started those coffees, you probably had no idea where that was going to lead you. That's right. And, and 
you know, it's interesting. I because I spend my career in tech and venture capital. I, I it, all my friends at one point or another, or family members will call and say, "Hey, I've got an amazing idea." And you're, you, I, and then they'll say, "I don't want you to tell anyone around about this." It's very because I'm really <laughs> worried. This idea, it came to me. No one's and, ever uh, thought of I'll, this. Yeah. And then I'll say, "Well, what's the idea?" And they'll tell me it's something or another. And um. And they make go, well, you what do you a, think? And it, make, make, make you sign a non-disclosure agreement before they even tell you. <laughs> well, and I always laugh at this because, you know, some of these ideas I might think are good or sometimes I think they're done, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the, what I always tell them back is, well, what are you going to do with it? And then they go, well, no, no, I'm going to find somebody that's going to go, uh, you know, build that idea. And I go, let me just be clear. Um, ideas are cheap. I mean, we could, you, Larry, you and I could dream up five ideas in the next five minutes. Ideas are cheap. Execution is the hard part. And execution comes down to the people, to get back to your question. I mean, it is simple as that. The, uh, and I will tell you, it's the most important thing that I can do in my job. It's the most important place for me to spend my time. It's about, you got to find the right talent. And that's hard, especially in a competitive market. You got to be able to bring them into the business. Uh, you got to be able to empower them and let them do their best work. And then this is the tricky part. Got to align them. Everyone has to be marching down the same direction because um, even really talented people that are empowered that aren't aligned, um, you know, that's a lot of turbulence over a wing and you, you won't fly very high or very fast. And, um, and you're right. That, that is the job of a CEO or a leadership team. And um, it, it's not something you just do one day and you get right. And then you put it in the drawer and you say, okay, that's done. Let's get on to my next task. It is an everyday job. Um, and you got it. You will make mistakes along the way. That's kind of like tricky part two. You, you, especially people like me, you hire someone and you go, okay, this is the one. And then it doesn't work out. You go, okay, that, that's fine. I'll deal with my mistake, but we all want to learn from it. And I, I want to build an organization where people kind of accept that. They know we're not going to, we're not going to get everything right, but we have to get most things right. That's, that's, that's the way we want to think because we want we want folks to be able to take some risk. Um, I tell folks if it's okay to make a mistake. If you never make a mistake, you're probably not trying hard enough. So it's okay. Just learn from it, and that's going to allow us to be risk tolerant and risk taking and, and move quickly. But all those things, all those concepts around um, how ideas turn into companies and, and the requirement of execution and what execution really means is is people. And people is all about talent and alignment is, uh, it's hard work. Um, and it's the difference between what we all think of as absolutely great companies and then companies that have come with great ideas. And then you wonder why didn't, you know, why, how come I don't have a Blackberry in my pocket? That's weird. Yeah. That, that was a great product, but um, you know, the execution wasn't there in the end. Well, it's hard because it's fluid and it's, uh, you know, everyday people, it's like, you know, I rode horses, uh, competed for 16 years in show jumping. Mm. And, uh, you know, every day the horse is a different horse. You know, it's like they say the snow in the mountain. Every day it's a different snow on the mountain. And uh, you show up and you got to you got to adapt to the horse. And you show up and your, your people are not necessarily they're not robots. And you got to be tuned in to where they are and get them that flexibility, but it does come down to the people. And it, I know you'll find this as interesting as I do, is that 
how this has never changed and how it applies across the board. And so, for example, I was in a uh, you know, startup financial services company way back in 1975 and 78. The first expansion, you know, we were in a couple of states and they said, okay, we're going to start expanding. So I was one of the first uh, to expand out of Atlanta, Georgia, went up to North Carolina. And let me tell you how well-funded I was. I had a yard sale two weekends in a row to raise 780 bucks to get the rental truck to pay for my move to North Carolina, okay? So I was obviously a financial genius the way I uh, you know, had my finances in order and all of that, but- Well, you, you cleaned up the balance sheet, you got liquid <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's yeah. good. And I, 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 I laugh that I, I uh, say that was two of the most successful sales I ever had in my life. And I almost gave up financial services and went into the yard sale business, you know. But uh, anyway, what in the process of moving, we had a three-year-old and a five-year-old boy. And, uh, you know, we're so stupid as parents. We're thinking, oh, move them in the school year, you know, because we were thinking about moving in November. We're thinking, oh, this could be disruptive to their you know, their psyche and everything. Maybe we should wait to the end of the year and, and do it like that. And the, this, when we talked to their, the principal of the school or something like that, he said, look, if the parents are happy, the kids are going to be happy. You know, they'll adjust, you know, they said, but when you're looking for a school up in North Carolina, because we were asking what kind of schools look for private, public, this, that, the other with a, and they said, here's the thing about a school, the school doesn't really matter. What matters is the teacher who will be teaching them inside the school. And that's what we're talking about here, right? I mean, because you can start, uh, you know, you can spend the millions of dollars, you got the servers, you got the equipment, you got this, you got the marketing campaign, but then you got somebody in charge of running that thing, and they're a dud, your business is going to be a dud. You know, it all comes down to the people at the end of the day on the execution standpoint. And execution is the key to making any idea work. And I'm sure you've seen that time and time again. Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think a misconception is as a CEO, you're like, OK, well, my job is to hire really good people and tell them all what to do. And, you know, that that doesn't quite work. <laughs> In fact, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little story like my. Um, VP of engineering here at Cumulo, um, the great Molly Brown, um, when I joined the company was kind of a, a mid-level manager and I got to Cumulo and I, and I started rattling off all of my, you know, brilliant ideas. And um, she goes, you know, she pulled me aside and said, you know, that what you're saying is idiotic. Um, and here's why. And I, and I just like looked at her and I thought that is the future leader of this company. Yeah. And um, so you got to be willing to surround you when you, that's the thing, when yeah. you hire really smart, passionate people, you got to listen to them too. 
And um, and that takes a little bit of vulnerability, right? Because when you first become a CEO, exactly. you go, well, I have to, I got to know what I'm saying and be right a lot and all that. And you go, kind of, you got to know how to listen too. And um, and look, this is, it, I'd like to say all the, well, there's a framework and some rows and columns and just tick, tick off all these things. It's, it's a lot of art um, to this. And like you said, Larry, it's always changing. The slopes, the snow and the slopes are, are different every day. You overlay a global pandemic, people change uh, where where they are in their lives and their personal situations. And, you know, well, the thing and, also, the thing is, and, and you got to be able to adjust. Yeah. And well-run companies uh, grow, you know, a well-run company is going to grow and growth <laughs> creates problems. You got to get new people, you got to get new facilities, you got to get new every pretty. In fact, that's the job of a leader to outgrow what you've got now because you're so incredibly successful and but but what's unsaid about that is that you're going to create all kind of new challenges or you're going to you know you're going to stall out and so the uh that's you know that's why people look at successful people like yourself and they say you know bill why you know okay not retire, but why don't you find something else to do? Take a hobby. You know, why are you pushing so hard? Why are you working so long? Why are you putting yourself through this? And what they don't, you know, because they don't understand how much fun it is to make things happen and to go where no one's gone before. You know, you're competing against the Goliaths out there. You know, you're competing against the guys who fund American America Cup sailboats you know oracle you know there you are yeah you're out there competing against oracle and uh uh it's fun you know and to uh to do those things where people don't expect it never been done before where, what part of the country are you in i, I i'm based in seattle washington okay. i grew up in los angeles okay and so it's just fun to be able to do this because the satisfaction is as long as you don't have to. And as long as you, you know what? People retire from things that are bad. They've got bad situations. They've got a bunch of bad uh, things that they can't control. You know, they got bad people that they can't get rid of uh, and, you know, pressure that won't go away. You know, you can't live up to it. And, uh, uh, but they don't retire from things that are fun and that that's growing and part of that is making more money you know the company's making more money you're making more money everybody's growing because when you grow you can get promotions you can get pay raises and this that, and the other and so they say why are you so driven you lunatic why don't you back off and you say well yeah my people are really going to love it when i back off and all of a sudden we can't get pay raises next year you know, or we have to lay off some people all because you gave me that crappy advice about why don't I back off? Because what also speak to this, you can't grow unless you're giving it everything you've got. You, I used to tell people you cannot. I said, I don't know how good you can be, but I'll tell you this. You can't piddle your way to the top. You can't just piddle along and all of a sudden, hey, I did something great. If you're going to do something great, it's because you locked in on it and you made every uh, effort you could think of and got all the help you could get to pull it off because greatness requires all the leverage you can uh, muster to make it happen. And that's why it's great. Otherwise, it'd just be average, you know? And so speak about that. Well, first of all, I think, I mean, absolutely, Larry. I mean, if you're going to ask people to 
give 150% to to the business. You got, as their leader, you got to be given 250%. And, um, and by the way, they look, every little thing you do um, right. gets yeah. amplified a lot, much more right. than you might think, actually. Right. You know, oh, you yawned in that meeting. I go, well, I'm sorry, I was up late. But no, but when you yawned, I didn't know. So like, I've become cognizant of that over the years. And yeah, you got to be in first, out last. Um, you got to be willing to do, get into it with them, get into the details. Like I tell our sales force, I go, hey, um, you're going to go on a brand new first time prospecting call with a customer. Uh, let's get down there and do that together. They go, no, no, I want to come in when there's this CEO kind of executive, you yeah. know, real formal high level thing. I go, well, that's nice. That would be fun. Um, but actually be kind of boring for me. I want to see what it's like to do your job. Um, I tell our customer success, we have unbelievably strong customer success scores, like customer satisfaction scores. They're off the charts. Um, but I tell our customer success team, I go, hey, give me a really hairy escalation where a customer, for whatever reason, might be real upset. They go, no, you don't want to listen to that. I go, no, I do. I do. I want to see how you manage that. I want, I'm going to learn something from that customer that is upset. And then that's going to influence the decisions I get to make. But you got to be willing to do that as a leader. I see some folks that sort of ride high, um, kind of high altitude over their organizations and sort of look down from the ivory tower. And I think either you got a really unbelievable organization that runs itself or you're just not doing your job. And, um, it, and even if you have that great organization, I wonder how long it's going to last if that's the way you operate. And then you think to yourself, well, how, but what about for the CEO? When, when do they kind of run out of gas? And we, but people like me, that's what, that is our fuel. That, that's what right. we live for. I just, I can't, I mean, this job is not a charity. I'd like to make money, but honestly, um, I, I don't even think about it. I, I come from just the love of building stuff. And, um, and that's a unique beast and it's weird and it's probably a bit dysfunctional and I'll probably spend some later years in therapy over it, but that's who I am. Fantastic. Uh, well said, Bill. Thanks so much for your time. It's flown by. Before we do let me ask you, how, how about the name? How did you find up the name Cumulo? You said there's an interesting story behind the name of the company. Well, one of our founders, uh, the great Pete Godman, um, is a, a, a brilliant scientist, um, an MIT grad, and uh, studied Latin in high school. And he was thinking about um, starting this company, and it had to do with data and data storage in the cloud. And um, if you parse that name, Cumulo, that, that's, there's a Cumulus cloud. That's a, a type of right. cloud. It's kind of a stacked cloud that has many layers right. to it. it. That's right of Latin. Um, and so, um, and cumulus, that type of cloud is a stacking of things. It's kind of like uh, where the word accumulate comes from. So wow. if you kind of parse it all apart, the, the, as data accumulates and it, it reaches up to the cloud, um, you put all that together and the, and the name Cumulo came out. And everything at Cumulo inside the company now is branded Q. We have a, a cloud Q product and a server Q and we have Cumulons and we have kudos with a Q. Everything is always with a Q. And that's perfect for branding. I mean, that's brilliant. Uh, unbelievable. And, and thanks for, I'll remember it. It's easier for me to remember now. And it didn't take you 30 seconds to tell the story. And now and I you or I didn't take Latin in high school. And I'm just guessing that, but I'm speaking for, for myself. Yeah. But now we know a little. I did it. But of course, I forgot everything quickly. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> along with all the Spanish. But uh, uh, would you like to leave uh, with the last word? for uh, everybody. 
Yeah, I'll just leave with a word of uh, uh, just about sort of people and humanity. Um, you know, I've I've uh, I've watched our. I am enormously optimistic about um, our community here in Seattle, about our country, and it's been a really tough time. And um, and what I see though is a lot of people starting to be optimistic about the future, and um, and kind of working together more and kind of taking care of each other more. We've just had so many people that have struggled either because of the pandemic or because of economic stuff. And I, and, I, and I see people sort of getting past that together and, and I like it. I don't think we're doing enough of it, but I see really good green shoots. And so as everyone listens to this podcast and I just encourage everybody to kind of think about how you can help somebody else today. I think we'll be better off as a, as a result. And of course you have certainly done that with by being so open and taking the time to share today. And uh, look, I'm going to look forward to checking in with you uh, down the road and hearing about the incredible success that you're getting ready to have. And I want to thank you for your example uh, of entrepreneurship, which in leadership, which goes beyond just words. And I know there is a vast army of families and people that uh, you are impacting in a positive way. And it's going to go on for, you know, the thing is that, you know, there's so many people that look at us when we're in a leadership position, Bill, and you got eyes on you everywhere you go, just like you said. And so uh, to be able to stand for something solid is a big darn deal. And you're doing a great job of it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you sharing. I'm look, already looking for the next time and maybe um, we'll hit the slopes one day up there um, in your neck of the woods. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.